So a guy walks into a bar and says, hey, I want to feel like I deserve a good life. And yet I don't want this sense of deserving to make me entitled and puffed up. The bartender looks at him and says, well, what does he say? One encounter, one opportunity. This is the Serve Conscious Podcast, the voice of the mindful service movement. I'm your host, meditation and mindfulness teacher, as well as hospitality nerd, Stefan Ravalli. Welcome to the show. So before we begin, I'm very excited to announce a new partnership between Serve Conscious and the Institute for Organizational Mindfulness. IOM is an amazing not-for-profit that is dedicated to bringing mindfulness into as many avenues of the industry landscape as possible. So they work with people and businesses to research, develop, and implement mindfulness programs that are most effective at up-leveling you know, the health, happiness, and capability of the workplace. And they also work with people like me to give their missions maximum impact and value to organizations that will need it the most. And what's in it for them? Well, a better world, of course, you know, greater awareness and compassion at the organizational level has quite a knock-on effect into society as a whole. And I'm really inspired to know that organizations like IOM are out there as catalysts for mindful living, revealing how easy and practical it is for anyone to incorporate. Really, guys, mindfulness is for everybody. Links to the Institute for Organizational Mindfulness are in the show notes. Hey, and while you're there, why don't you check out the links to the Facebook group, Inspired Hospitality and Service, as well as the ones for iTunes, where you can leave me a review and more people can find the show. Yellow, hello. All right, so today... I need some closure, (laughs) and I'm sure you want some too. On the series of the Hard Truths of Service, there were supposed to be ten. I have done nine, and nine's enough, and I think it really does cover a whole tool belt of self-sufficiency practices and principles, but let's just do ten for the sake of symmetry. I diverted a bit. I had two episodes in the meantime that I thought were absolutely timely and essential and needed to be said before uh, the 10th principle. And it was for the better because this 10th principle, I think, ties off the last two episodes, which spoke a lot about humility and empowerment and how these seemingly oppositional forces are actually complementary. Today's hard truth definitely has within it a lot of potential power, if understood correctly. And that hard truth is, you don't deserve better. Ooh, what does that mean? In today's culture of claiming your worth, claiming what you want, living the life you want, don't you think you should deserve better than what you have now? Don't you think you should say to yourself, hey, I'm worth it. I'm worth better than this degrading existence. I'm worth better than this uninspiring job. I'm worth whatever it is. 
I've sentenced myself to because I have previously not believed myself to be of value. Absolutely. Absolutely. Self-worth is crucial to living well and especially to serving well. And self-worth is constantly under attack in the service role. And the service industry from the management and leadership structure down is absolutely toxic in how it handles and nourishes the self-worth of its employees. It's negligent and it really does have to change. But as always in this show, I certainly do discuss important changes, but I give you mainly the tools to change what is most changeable, and that is yourself and how you show up in this moment and give you the tools to make you stronger so that you can be an agent of change most effectively without suffering unnecessarily. And that's what we're going to talk about today because entitlement is one of the service path's greatest arch nemeses. <laughs> and life in general, I mean, you know, living effectively is massively disrupted by any stories you're telling yourself about how things, quote unquote, should be better for you and how much the outside world owes you. That's what entitlement is. It's this sort of passive rumination, this cycle of rumination and brooding about how some greater force outside of you owes you something. Owes you something better than whatever it is you have now. And this can happen in really small ways. I'm not talking like big grand entitlement, like you're owed this job and riches and fame. It can happen on the micro level. And in fact, I'm going to be talking a lot about that, maybe mainly about that today, about how we get offended in a moment because we feel that we're entitled to better treatment. You know that like line, that adage basically of being owed respect as though someone has a debt to us and are legally obligated to pay it back in respect. But as I've mentioned before, we can't control others and no one is really obligated to behave towards us in any way. All we're obligated to is ourselves and how we show up resiliently to the extremely free and uncontrollable behavior of others. And that's what we're going to talk about today. We're going to talk about entitlement and self-worth because self-worth is crucial and it is not threatened by shedding entitled thinking. In fact, it is nourished by it. Just like how our power, you know, our agency in this world, our ability to be who we want to be is not threatened by being humble. It is, in fact, activated by humility. So if you puff up with entitlement and you go telling yourself it's because you have so much self-worth, you are kidding yourself. Because if you think someone outside of you owes you something, then that means your worth is the responsibility of someone else. Someone has to pay into your worth. 
by giving you what you believe you are entitled to. So I'll leave a link to that episode. It's just a couple back about uh, humility and power. It's definitely a good companion uh, to this episode. And really, in terms of, you know, self-esteem, satisfaction, the joy of accomplishing something, all that stuff that gives us those lovely hits of dopamine, you actually cheat yourself out of ownership of whatever you accomplish because you probably have trouble looking at it as an accomplishment when you felt like it was already owed to you. Like it should have been there in the first place. So you can't enjoy the discovery of or the arrival at another level of accomplishment. It should have already been there. So it's just like filling in a lack rather than up-leveling you as a person. Just like if you were serving a table and they came in with a sense of entitlement, like you owed them all of these things, like maybe like free drinks and appetizers and bigger portions. Would you have any joy providing them with these things? No, because they wouldn't have any appreciation for them just as you wouldn't have any appreciation for anything you accomplished while so clouded in the state of arrogance that your entitled thinking gives you. Appreciation for everything is ravaged by entitlement because when people are kind to you, you may not be able to appreciate their kindness when you feel like you're owed kindness and respect. Just as a child often doesn't seem to appreciate the kindness of their parents or everyone around them because they're in a state of, you know, expectation of kindness because they're totally dependent and need to be cared for and they're just this bottomless pit of care and attention requiring beings, which is totally fine. That's the stage of development they're in. But that is essentially what entitlement puts you in. It puts you in a state that is childlike and unappreciative and simply passively expecting everyone to show up in a certain way. And all you see is when it's not there rather than when it is there. And to really serve, you need to appreciate things as they are. You need to appreciate when things are good. And when they're not good, you need to appreciate them all the same. So let's say you're a server in a restaurant and let's say six out of 10 people you served were not really present on their phones, fairly short and dismissive of you, weren't really paying attention, ranged anywhere from that to like all the way just really rude and insulting and cruel. Let's say it's six out of 10. Gosh, sometimes it's more. Certainly feels like that, doesn't it? Let's say it's more than that. I hate to say that is so often the case now in today's world. Uh, when people go out, they are not respectful of where they are and proper etiquette with who's serving them. You know, sorry to say that's how things are. Wish they were better, but people are just not equipped to be considerate sustainably. And when they're being served, they just don't have to be, you know. I choose to be because it helps create a better world interaction by interaction, but absolutely no one is obliged to be. And you have to understand this. It is entitled to expect otherwise. And so every time this six out of 10 or more of inconsiderate people 
are frustrating you, it is because you believe that you are owed better. And that is the time to investigate these beliefs. Why does humanity owe you this respect? Like what contracts did it sign? Or what debt has it created such that it now owes you something in return? And even if for some strange reason they sign some cosmic contract that obliges them to respect you, what makes you believe you can control them and force them to have such respect? And why would you want to? Is humanity free or are they free to act only in ways that you approve of? So yeah, this is where mindfulness comes in, this observation of where beliefs come from, of where certain reactions and responses come from. But the practice isn't complete without you avoiding or shedding the other half of the deserving mentality. And that's the idea that you deserve to be treated badly. That's another thing, because if I'm telling you people don't owe you respect, you don't deserve respect from them, you may consider this a threat to your self-worth because you think, well, okay, then I deserve ill treatment from others instead. No, you don't deserve that either. You especially don't deserve that. You don't deserve positive or negative treatment. This is the equanimity that we're developing here. This evenness of mind. It's a state that is favored by Buddhist, and I'm pretty sure yogic practices as well. And that's in fact what uh, karma yoga practices are talking about. Like in the Bhagavad Gita, it's said that one should be the same in pleasure and pain. What is being spoken about here can be looked at through the perspective of entitlement. You don't deserve pleasure or pain. All you are owed is whatever comes to you. This is how you cultivate self-worth, not by believing you are owed and deserve all of this respect and great treatment and great opportunities and etc., etc., a life of joy and prosperity. It's nice to want that. It's fine to want that. But to expect it and believe you are owed it is toxic, as I've said, but also it will not give you self-worth. In fact, it will lead to more insecurity. In fact, a lot of really entitled people I know are deeply insecure. They might seem puffed up and proud, but moment to moment, they are rejecting and shrinking away from whatever's happening in their lives because it's not exactly measuring up to whatever they believe they are owed. And their self-worth actually takes more blows because their identity is wrapped up in things going a certain way, in life delivering a certain amount. And when it doesn't, they start to question who they are. They feel threatened. And uh, they may not want to admit that they feel threatened, so they blame the rest of the world for how things are going. But it's really their own shaky identity foundation that is at play here. So if you acknowledge everything that happens as absolutely right for you, because it is absolutely valuable to you and can be converted to something that serves yourself and others, then nothing that ever happens can ever shake your identity. Because entitled thinking 
results in a fragile identity because it expects certain things to be in place for the sense of self, you know, who we are, to be whole. And so if you have a experience, I guess, that is negative, let's call it, uh, let's say people talking down to you, not appreciating you, dismissing you, or just thinking ill of you in ways that you don't believe are true. When stuff like this happens, you may tend to get indignant or be like, why me? What did I do to deserve this? You did nothing to deserve this. You don't deserve it. It is absolutely right for you, though, for whatever reason, not because you deserve pain or deserve to have your image of yourself reduced. That is your decision, whether or not you want to take whatever you're experiencing and use as a story to bring your own worth down. But if you look at everything as something that is, for whatever reason, necessary, absolutely right for you and absolutely potentially of value to you, then you can never be a victim a victim of others, and of yourself reinforcing some story that whatever they're doing to you, you somehow deserved or attracted to you, or some narrative about how if you only made better decisions in your life, if only you learned how to do this or that better, then people wouldn't be treating you like this. It's really not like that. It's happening because you have the potential of extracting maximum value from that situation, value that no other person can. That's why everything happens the way it does to you. Because it's exactly what you need to grow and serve. So when you're confronted with a challenging situation, something that is, you know, difficult to experience, it's uh, triggering, it's upsetting, it's frustrating. Rather than saying to yourself, what did I do to deserve this? Or what does this say about me? You know, you're taking it and you're using it as some sort of measure of your self-worth. You can instead say, what is needed of me right now to better serve myself and serve others? So you're serving without being dependent on things being good because you know that you are a service alchemist. You are a blazing furnace that can digest experiences into fuel to better show up for yourself and show up for others. That willingness and power to alchemize, that will feed your self-worth much more than spinning a story about what kind of treatment the world should be delivering to you. So on the macro level, you might be attempting to apply these principles of equanimity, of, you know, just accepting things as is and not building up too much drama in either direction, whether things are going well or not well. You want to apply this to your life because, you know, you have your aspirations and you don't want to feel so attached to them, so in expectation of them that you are owed them. And you're now suddenly rejecting where you are because you somehow, quote-unquote, should be somewhere better. So if you're maybe like serving tables in a restaurant still and you don't want to be doing this or doing it at that level, you might be walking around carrying this melancholy or this resentment or this, you know, curmudgeonly 
chip on your shoulder because, you know, things should be better than they are. And isn't that interesting? We get entitled and we think that's because we're worth so much. And yet we're so glum about our circumstances that in fact it brings us down rather than up. Like these high expectations of ourself and this life we live is supposed to be inspiring, but instead it is a source of lower self-worth. It's a source of insecurity. So if you're checking in and you're seeing this, how do you deal with it, right? Because it is good to have these aspirations. It is good to want better for ourselves. So how do we do this without feeling resentful of where we are? Good question. I hope I have a good answer because whatever the answer is, I need to take this advice as much as possible. <laughs> because uh, so many times I have felt a little embarrassed and insecure about my position in life. And actually, uh, there was a time when I was working in a restaurant and felt really, really vulnerable because there you are, you're in a public space. Someone can walk in and have a meal there at any time. You know, that like nightmare of our grade school teacher coming in and having us serve them and them, you know, smugly judging us like, wow, look what you amounted to. Guess I was right. <laughs> and we at least internalized this anyway, right? So we do get caught up in the status of what we're doing, you know, because when we are serving professionally, we often don't take it seriously. We look at it as something that is frivolous and isn't the kind of real service, you know, to humanity that could truly be respected. So we resent having to do it while we wait for something better. Big quotes around that better, by the way. So yeah, we want to be respected. You know, we want, even if we hated our teachers, we want them to look at us and say, oh, well, hats off to you. You know, you really turned out well. Whether or not you feel like you're owed this, you probably want it, and that's fine to want it. But who would you respect? Would you respect someone who rejects what they're doing, looks down on it, and is obviously insecure about it and just kind of hoping things get better, or someone who just totally owns their role. Like the humblest of roles. If you fully own it and say, this is where I need to be, this is what I should be doing, and you emanate that. Because people can tell. You don't have to say that you own it or don't own it. People can tell by how you show up to the role, how you embody it. And if you just do... Wouldn't you respect that? And don't you tend to respect that? People who know who they are. People who know that they're exactly where they need to be. They don't believe they deserve more because they know that from this place they are at right now, they are to the utmost maximizing their own growth and maximally serving people, maximally exporting their value to the world without needing some socioeconomic standards to be met of their work. You know, needing a certain position, needing a certain amount of quote-unquote authority and influence. And there are other episodes, I think, on this topic, or at least sections of episodes where I talk about, you know, our conditioning around status, so definitely refer to those. But if respect is what you are after, people will 
either unconsciously or consciously, envy those that don't need as much as they do, to feel satisfied about the way that they are living in the world and making a valuable contribution to it. Because most people are almost like addicted to feeling important, such that like they suspect or even outright know that whatever idea they have of success isn't really a measure of who they are and what they're worth, but they don't know any other way of making any contact with their worth at all. They don't know how to generate their own sense of worthiness. And those that do will be acknowledged as infinitely more powerful. So there you go, a surefire way to clean up your service and your service dynamics. Recognize the people that you're serving as owing you absolutely nothing. They owe you absolutely nothing. The only person that owes you something is yourself. You are responsible for recognizing your worth and treating yourself with respect. Nobody else is. And once you do, that is when your highest aspirations manifest. When you've got yourself on your team. You are your best wingman. So, it's you. It's all you that needs to be aligned here with yourself. No one else. And once you've got your own support, then there is no need for entitlement. There's no need to feel like anything outside of you owes you anything because you know how capable you are to generate it for yourself. So, you know, everyone talks about millennials as entitled because they expect this great lifestyle. They expect all these opportunities. They expect, they expect, they expect. All of these luxuries that all the grumpier <laughs> previous generations didn't have available to them, they think are rightfully theirs all of a sudden, and they get criticized for that a lot. However, incorrect and pointless it is to expect them, that'll only lead to suffering, you know, insecurity, disillusionment, resentment, and all of those pitfalls of entitlement that I've been going over this episode. It's important not to feel like you deserve this, but it's also important to know that you don't deserve a life of scarcity and struggle and degradation. You don't deserve that either. You deserve whatever life is most suited to you serving. And if it is this life, if it is this, you know, millennial dream lifestyle, then own it and claim it. Don't expect it. Just bow to it and honor it and say, okay, this is the vehicle. This is the vehicle for me to grow and thrive and take everyone with me. And if that lifestyle doesn't make itself available to you, then with equal fervor and enthusiasm, claim the one that does. Because whatever life reveals for you is exactly what is ideal for you. And that is something to be proud of. All right, thank you so much for listening. Check out the website www.serveconscious.com for more free content and please subscribe to the mailing list so I can just send it right to you every time I come up with something, which is fairly often lately. All right, thanks again. My name is Stefan Ravalli and I'll see you on the other side later. <laughs>